back. This is Tracy Ramos, and you're listening to my podcast, Booze Nation. And as of right this minute, it seems that the latest variant of the coronavirus has calmed down a bit. Hopefully, it stays that way. We've been burned before, as we all know. Hopefully, San Francisco has this figured out. Hopefully. Today, my guest is the lovely Crystal Jackson. And I met Crystal when I was working at the Hotel Utah Saloon, which is south of Market, 4th and Bryant. And Crystal was working across the street at Mestiza, which was a restaurant, a taqueria, a bar with a lovely little patio. It was so cute. And Crystal would come into the Utah after her shift, maybe during her shift, and have some well-deserved Jameson. And Crystal had such a mellow and calm demeanor, just real chill. I always enjoyed her company and her energy when she was in the bar. And we would shoot this shit about the night. And then the pandemic hit and everybody went in so many directions um, as we did. And I lost track of my coworkers, my neighbors, my customers. And so when I was walking in my neighborhood, which is in the inner sunset and peeked in at Pacific Hatch and saw Crystal working there, I was so surprised and so happy to see her. And just to reconnect and say hi, say, hey, what's up? You know, we're still here, that kind of thing. And as always, we are jumping right into the interview. Where are you? You look like you're in a... I am at work. I'm at Little Skillet, Victory Hall, my current bar situation. If you want to take a quick peek around. We did a full-on remodel, and actually, we're getting a mural painted on the wall right now. So... It's, it's coming together. It's looking beautiful. Oh, I love it. Um, cause you, cause I got your number from Brandon cause you're not in the inner sunset anymore. No, I'm back, back over in Soma. And Soma. Oh my gosh. And you want to know what? I heard that the Utah is having a soft open. They, I think they started last night. Yes. I am yeah. very, very surprised, but I'm happy. You know, I got, I hope they can make it, you know, it came together. So, I mean, I heard it was pretty busy last night, so that's good. That's very good. Oh, exciting. Follow you guys on some, on social and you had like an opening and then you closed what, or is that about right? I mean, so many places have had openings and then closed and then had to reopen and shut down. I mean, it's been crazy. Is that what kind of happened? That is kind of what happened. So we we did a soft, uh, well, we did a grand opening back in October and mm-hmm. then ran through the end of the year. And then right at the end of the year, everybody, everybody got sick. Um, my Almost my entire staff caught COVID. So we had to, we didn't have a choice. We had to shut down. Uh, so we for about three weeks before everybody could test positive and come back to work. And then we did another another little opening, but nothing, nothing like a grand opening or anything. Just kind of just open the doors back up. So let's go back a little bit to March 2020, right when everything shut down. Yeah. Where were you? Where were you working March 2020? Um, at Pacific Catch. I had literally just started maybe a week before the shutdown. Really? So that I- was that was an interesting experience. That was an interesting about a year and a half. Oh my God. I, okay. Cause you were across the street, uh, from hotel Utah. Mestiza. 
And what do we know what happened with them? Um, <coughs> so Mestiza is the same owners as Victory Home. Right. Okay. And so uh, we we lost the brick and mortar, but we still do a lot of Mestiza catering. So the brand is still alive, but the we're, we're still looking for a new location. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, that's a tough corner for sure. It's a tough corner, especially for a restaurant and, and the train line taking as long as it did and all the construction there really, you know, it, it, it affected business tremendously. So that was, that was quite unfortunate. I mean, there were so many problems just right there. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, construction, the line, um, traffic, um, uh, the homeless encampments that were just, um, nothing, you know, that was not addressed at all to help anybody. And it's only gotten worse. Oh God, Pacific catch. And then everything goes to shit. Yeah. Which, which, um, kind of worked out for me because, um, Pacific Catch is such a, such a brand, right. And they, they've pretty much nailed their model. So moving to, um, off-premise sales was, uh, was a pretty smooth transition. And I, I was blessed enough to have that experience and that opportunity to maintain employment throughout that whole period, you know? Oh, I didn't know that. That's no, um, that's great. Yeah. Cause I just was so surprised to see you and I was so happy. I know. Cause you know, I, you don't, you don't know what happened to anybody nope. really. It was just like, everybody kind of fell off the face of the earth. Ugh, it was crazy. And we're all terrified that everyone's dying somewhere in the bed where they can't be with anyone. It was awful. My God. It was, it was, it was bad. Um, so how long have you been in the Bay area? Well, working in restaurants for 20 years, the whole time I've been here. Nice. Where were you before the Bay area? Um, Stockton. I noticed that you had a 209 area code. Yeah. And I... <laughs> so I still, I still have that same number I've had for 20 years. <laughs> and, Cause I grew up in Modesto. So I am very familiar with the 209 area codes. Actually, I, I, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm home visiting in restaurants, bars for 20 years. What uh, capacity? Like, were you always a bartender, always a manager, server? Um, well, because I've I've been in the restaurant industry for about 24 years. So I started very young. I started at like 14 years old, um, working a register in a, in a Filipino restaurant in, in the mall in Stockton. And so, <laughs> and then I moved uh, from there to, to, uh, McDonald's, which doesn't really count, but kind of does count as far as, you know, it does count. It counts. It really does. I was like 16. And then, um, when I came here, I started as a, a, and, uh, at Joe's Crab Shack and then moved on to, you know, higher in restaurants and then started to gradually move up host server bartender pretty quickly. And then, uh, management by the time I was 27, I can see and so that's what I've been doing. Since. No, I yeah. can I can see that. I can see you moving up really quickly. Um, I started out as a host as well, and I hated it. I sucked. It was it was so stressful. 
it is incredibly stressful, especially at a very busy location. Yeah, I think host is one of the more stressful jobs in an already stressful industry. Yeah, because you're getting it from everybody. You have no control over anything. But the people that are facing you want you to have control over everything. As soon as they're gone, I got a table for it. <laughs> yeah, nothing I, you can do. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, I was so happy when I got promoted, and I think it was mm-hmm. this one restaurant that was just like they didn't want to get rid of me, but they knew how bad I was. So they kind of just like made me do, they let me do lunches. I was like serving. They let me do lunches, like you know Monday and Tuesday, <laughs> like the well for thirty dollars. Exactly. <laughs> that sounds crazy because that's again that's a Joe's Crab Shack kind of spot where everybody's mm-hmm. coming and nobody knows how to be out. <laughs> that is exactly. That's exactly it. And so what do you, do you prefer like more corporate or do you prefer the non-corporate? What do you think? Uh, Definitely the non-corporate. I appreciated the corporate and I learned a ton from it that I can apply to the non-corporate, but the level of creativity is just not there. You know, they're not there for your ideas necessarily. It's more like come in, this is the map, follow the map we'll pay you this much. And that's, that's pretty much it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's cool for anybody looking for that level of stability, but you know, I like to move and and shake and do cool things all the time. So during the, during, you know, these past two years, like we've just kind of mentioned that, you know, you, you close and open and close and open, and you're trying to navigate, you know, mask, no mask customers can come in. They can't come in. What was, what was that like dealing with the public? Do you think people in San Francisco were pretty respectful? Do you think that people were assholes? Um, It was weird. Everybody was respectful of the rule, but nobody was really respectful of, like, I guess they took it upon themselves to enforce that. So there was a little bit of tension for, for those who weren't so keen on wearing the mask all the time. And then where I was, we got a lot of people that weren't from the city. And so they were, it was completely foreign to them. So, you know, they took it with a little more aggression than I would have expected. But, you know, what are you going to do? I try to just be, uh, you know, apologetic, almost in a sense to people. But it is what we have to do. Yeah, I get this thing that we have to put on our face. It is an inconvenience, but really it's not at all. Why are you just throwing a fit? Yeah. Especially here, um, the, I, I don't know, the weather is pretty moderate in the cities. With perspective, it's a little easier to wear a mask on a daily basis, but I can't imagine what it must have been like in, in the Central Valley where it gets 110 degrees for 60 days at a time. Like that's that can be pretty brutal. So I get the the apprehension to, you know, wearing a mask for that, you know, from that look at the same time, you know. You're going to have to be hot. (laughs) (laughs) How many times did you get tested or did you get tested during the two years of working? Oh, yeah. We had to get tested like every every week or two at first uh, when we first went back to work. So we were only 
closed for the shutdown for about three weeks before we were back uh, doing takeout only. And then once that happened, we were getting tested every week for a while. So I, I must have took, I can't even count how many tests. Really? That's, that's, I mean, that's really good to hear. I'm, I'm kind of surprised because not a lot of other restaurants I, were doing that. Yeah. You know, the latest, the latest breakout or the latest variant, which is what we were just talking about in December, right? November, December. The one everybody got. Yes. The one everyone got. Um, there were a lot of rumors about how restaurants in the city knew that their employees were sick and didn't do anything about it. That's interesting. I know two restaurants. I don't know. I don't know that to be yeah. true, right? I can't, I can't say that officially that that's true, but I could see why they might not say anything, um, especially once they've had everybody vaccinated and then double vaccinated and then boosted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's they're not symptomatic. And that would mean shutting down your restaurant again, which could mean the end of your restaurant. So, you know, we we were able to stay afloat being close for the first part of the year, but it was brutal. Like, especially after we were just starting to build up momentum from being closed for most of COVID. So I, I get it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a, it's a right. tough call. And, and it seemed like even with the vaccines and the masks, it wasn't stopping anybody from getting it. It was just preventing people from dying from it. So at this point, am I going to shut down my whole business when everybody already has it anyway? And so what do you think about the new California going mask list? Is that something that you want to do working with the public? Or have you thought about what your staff is going to do? I don't, uh, for me, it's, you know, we, we're going to go maskless again at some point. And hopefully that there will be no other spikes, but if there are, we know we kind of have a system in place of what to do. Again, most people are, are vaccinated and boosted. So I think it'd be okay. You know, as long as we're keeping it, keeping an eye on it, like making sure, and, and people need to still be getting tested regularly just to make sure that's the most important part, you know? No. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're still pretty lucky that 80% of the population in San Francisco has been yeah. You know, what new things are you thinking of for 2022? Like a new cocktail program or, you know, a new, you said you got a new remodel. What's, what's. Yeah, we definitely did the new remodel. I want to do a lot more um, outreach events that, that work with other businesses, especially small businesses in our community. Um, Victory Hall in particular is more driven towards. Uh, focusing on women-owned businesses and people of color-owned businesses. So, like, uh, for example, we recently did a block party and uh, all of the businesses were either women or people of color that came and sold their wares. And it was very successful. And it, it just gave us an opportunity to build those relationships and also introduce those businesses to some of our, you know, regular people that that come to the restaurant all the time. So, I think that's that is our uh, the direction we're headed in. This oh, that is, that's great to hear. I love I love that because yeah, it's pretty cool. It is and Victory Hall. Like I remember when that was three three zero rich, right? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I was here at the tail end, the three thirty rich, but I definitely came before it was this. So it's it's interesting to come back to be back and uh, see it 
in a completely different capacity. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> the first time I walked into Victory Hall, I mean, my mouth hit the floor. It was just like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> space, it's beautiful in the brick. And, you know, like it has ceilings that aren't on my head and there's actually a real floor, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. The building has so much history because even before 330 Rich, way back, it was like bathhouses and there used to be a pizza shop next door. And there was, it's just been so many things. Good bones. Yeah, it does. And then explain to me a little bit about the um, little skillet. That part of Victory Hall, that separate, that's completely different, that's together. What do you want people to know about that one? Um, it's kind of a little bit of both. So Little Skillet is its own business, but we, we work together, same owners. Um, and uh, you can get Little Skillet food inside Victory Hall. Um, and so we just like it to be a, you know, a mutual relationship. So it's pretty okay. cool. And the- Little Skillet is popular though. That's, that's the, you know, that's the meat and potatoes or the, the chicken and waffles. <laughs> It all. is. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. And what has, you know, has South of Market improved any since 2020, March, 2020? That's hard to say. It's improving. I will say that people are coming back. The The businesses are coming back. The, the neighborhood is coming back. Even like neighbors that I hadn't seen that I didn't even think we're living here anymore. They've kind of been working from home, so they don't leave the house as often, but they're, they're coming back outside and, you know, it's kind of like a springtime for Soma. I hope so. I really hope so. Yeah. I like Soma, you know, when I first started I working, Soma. yeah, when I first started working at the Utah, I, you know, I hadn't been in Soma in a while. Because it's like, like a million miles away. I mean, it's not, but for the city, it is. Yeah. You know, it's a whole other side. Yeah. And that's so. Side of the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marlo, Marlo just opened actually back up. So, you know, the businesses are coming back. How is. <laughs> you're okay. No, you're fine. Um, yeah, I heard. One of my uh, other manager bartenders there. Oh, I love it. Were you able to uh, (laughs) keep your staff at at Victory Hall, do you think? Unfortunately, no, because we were closed for such a long time. Everyone else, at least the bar side, everyone had kind of moved on. Um, But I was able to get one one bartender back, and, uh, and the relationships with the other bartenders are still there. So even though they've moved on, they still come in and say hi and, you know, we're all still family. good. Good. That's that's good to hear. Like, um, because I still mm. haven't seen a lot of my regulars in two years. I haven't seen a lot of my regulars, and so I'm like, where are they? Where'd they go? What's happening? You know, I yeah, I miss a lot, especially you know, South America. There were really yeah, there were a lot of regulars around here. I mean, that was that was the beauty of Soma. It was like you could have a hundred. Uh, 200 regulars and you knew all of them by name and and you didn't just see them in your bar you saw them walking their dogs and in the grocery store and you know going to the ball game and it's such a tight neighborhood looking forward to promoting for baseball season whenever whenever they get it together and get it started yeah uh the deadline was two o'clock so uh, i haven't had a chance to look and see what what if they came to any agreements or but uh Fingers crossed that the MLB got it together and and they don't they don't have to cancel any games or push back the season. 
Gosh, I'm excited about, you know, um, your outreach program. I love, I love that. I love to hear that. And what, I love to ask people this, what's your pet peeve when you're bartending, not managing, but when you're bartending, what's your pet peeve? From myself, from the guests, from my staff, from what do you mean? Okay. So, um, okay. So, okay. As a bartender, uh, your pet peeve from guests. When they're unaware, right? So when the guests are there, they're kind of just in the way. They order food. You come to the table with the food. They don't know what they ordered. They order drinks. You come to them with the drinks. They're like, I don't know what that, that that's probably the biggest. That's the biggest one to me. <laughs> Overall, everything. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so dismissive. You know what I mean? It's like, pay attention. You ordered it. Yeah. Yeah. But and it happened. So frequently. Oh, I <laughs> it's surprising. Oh my God. So as a manager, as a manager, what's your what's your pet peeve as a manager? And this gives guests, staff. Call-offs. I mean, and I'm I, that's probably everyone's major pet peeve because it just it just throws everything out of whack. And I understand, you know, there's extenuating circumstances for so many people, but man, that makes you have to scramble. Okay, pre-pandemic. Right. There was a thought I felt like a bar tender bar back shortage in the city. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And I feel like it's even worse now. God, I know. Are you trying to promote within? Are you trying to, or how did you get your staff? Right now, my staff is, um, it's very small, but they're all people that I've worked with in the past. Um, and one that used to work here, but him and I worked together as well. So that I was able to pull from my, you know, group of people, but I would love to expand that, you know, that net to get that out there and get some more, more bodies in here. Cause as the season grows and, and the restaurant grows and things start happening, I'm going to need, you know, more people. And so it's been a little tough. Luckily I can jump in whenever, but you know. But yeah, you need a break too. And you can't do 17 things at once. So Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. And then a little bit more about pre-pandemic. Um, the years 2016 to 2020 in San Francisco, what do you think about those particular four years? Oh, those were the good years, man. For restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's when um that's when I think the restaurant boom was in its prime. There was so many new places and, and the old places have gotten facelifts and there was a lot of uh, skilled restaurant workers here. And I know people from Butters all the way to sommeliers and, and everyone was just kind of raking it in, which was great, you know, cause they, they work really hard and, and it's not just a service thing. It's it's a knowledge thing and it's a continuing education. And you got to know what you're talking about in order to get those kind of clientele and that kind of money. So it was, I mean, those were the good years, man. Because for me, 2016 to 2020, um, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't really know if I enjoyed it so much. Like the clientele had really changed, you know, the big tech. Oh, yeah. Uh, significantly you know what though if you if you can if you can remove yourself from what you were used to pre-2016 
there's a lot less pressure with this new newer crowd of people, you know, they're not as knowledgeable about what we're doing. So, <laughs> you know, you can, you can give them more opinions about things and less facts and they're, you know, that's all they really want to know. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, no, that's, that is, um, very true. Which is, which to me is great because what, what, what's more important that, you know, the year of something or that, you know, it's delicious and what the flavor profile is. Right. I mean, yes. that's, that's all anybody's really looking for. So that yes. pretension has left. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's a really good way of looking at it because I was dealing uh, pre-2016, I was dealing with beer snobs mm-hmm. and they were terrible. <laughs> like, who, who cares what this hop is? I don't, why do you care? Between a New Zealand hop <laughs> and a California yeah. hop, why do you care? Or do you actually even care? Or are you just meow meowing at me to see if I'm going to flub up my answer? Yeah. And you know? what does it even mean? to you that it's different like do you just know that there's a difference or do you particularly like that the citrus hops is more like you know what I mean like yeah we know it but why do you want to know it when you uh how so wait how long have you been managing then at Victory Hall so I left uh, after COVID but I've been with the company for about five years okay and I've been back here since June of last year June 2021 okay because yeah. I was trying to remember when and I would when see I you at Pacific Catch and then I just didn't see you so I was like <laughs> <laughs> well you know it 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 had to end for for various reasons but yeah I I gave them a two weeks and I came back and it, it just was a it's just a better fit for yeah, me here it's I definitely uh, see that I love this girl power energy over here, you know? <laughs> and so who are you, who are the other manager owners? So the other part of this team is uh, Ashley. She is uh, Ashley Thompson. She's our chef. Mm-hmm. She's a pastry chef, um, classically trained. She's worked in Boston and New York and Chicago and Seattle and now she, and San Diego. And now she's here with us and she's, she's pretty young. She's 29, but she's so dope. Like, the girl got skills. So she's taken over the kitchen here. And then the owner is uh, Deanna Sison. And she is a, oh, she's a pillar in this community. Mm-hmm. Um, she's made such an impact and she cares so much about it. And being a Filipino woman, she's, you know, she's reaching out to the people of color and also to the women and working with the community so much. And she's just, you know, she's incredible to work with. Oh, that is, oh, that's so fantastic. Um, I know I was, try- obviously we had this set up for yesterday and a million things happened on my laptop, but you know, yesterday I was like, yes, black history month, the last day I got in, come on, it's crystal. We can do this. You know? <laughs> so I'm still, <laughs> still counting. We can pretend yesterday. Yes. Technically it did, it, you know, we started yesterday. Yes. So, <laughs> so yes, we're going to do this. Oh my God. But it's women's history month now too. So, you know, it's, it works out. It's all, it's, is, it's all good. Um, 
<laughs> I know one of the things about this podcast I, I started is that I really wanted to focus on uh, people of color, of women, marginalized people. And it's becoming harder and harder to find African-American women in this industry and African-American men and just all the in-between. It really, especially is, behind the bar. Oh my God. Especially behind the bar. Yeah. Yeah. I am like the only black girl bartender that I really, I mean, I know two others in the city and that's about it. Yep. And I don't even know if they're still here because they were two that, you know, I think might've left the city after the whole shutdown. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's really tough. And also another, you know, I've tried to find um, any Native American barback, busser, barista, dishwasher, floor manager, owner, you know, bar, any, and none. And, you know, we've been in the industry a long time. Nothing. You know, and I've asked so many people, you know, and it's just a, and nobody knows. No. Uh, I worked with a server who was Native American at Kala very briefly. He was, um, oh, was he a server? No, he wasn't even a server just yet. I think he was working up to it. He'd only been there for maybe maybe six months or so. But that's that was my that's my singular experience. Yeah, I know it's another issue of this city. Just you know, the blinding. Yeah, yeah. It makes you miss. I, I guess that's why my perspective on 2016 to 2020 is so much more positive now than it probably was as I was going through it. <laughs> because now I'm just like, man, we were jamming back then. <laughs> this city was on fire. Not in the best way, but we all know like the tech industry had just taken over and the city was on fire. But that because they do what they do, they were able to just shut it down, work from home, and boom, that was it. Everybody left, and it was over. Um, I don't think it's all the way yeah. over, but it definitely changed. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I I I agree on all of all of that. What do you hope for the just, you know broad sense the general the general future of restaurant and bars in San Francisco? Because so many have had a terrible time of it. What do you? What do yeah. You well, I hope, I hope for a bit of a resurrection for, for a number of businesses. I feel like some businesses close that, that we can't do without. Um, and I hope that there's an opportunity for them to reopen like Utah reopened. I didn't think that was coming back and to see the doors open, uh, was, was heartwarming. Um, uh, Mestiza is very much in the likes to come back to see these, but Marlo opened back up. So to see these businesses reopening, that is just oh, everything. Cause you know, people put so much into restaurants and the return is very little, but we do it because we love it. And so for them to get, get back their babies, their businesses would be amazing. I think my zoom is about to end and you need to get back to work because you're still at work, but yep. you know, thank you again, <laughs> again, again. Um, what is one thing that you want people to know about working in a restaurant, either as a bartender, server or manager? What is the one thing you want people to know? 
Well, something, just maybe a reminder that, that this is a very stressful, stressful industry and we're on stage a hundred percent of the time. So, you know, be a little patient with us. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing I would say. Yeah. What a positive sentiment to end the podcast on. And I hope South of Market Neighborhood can make it as well. I hope a comeback is in their future. And thank you. Thank you again, Crystal, for taking the time to talk to me while you were working. See, that's a bartender. That's a bar manager. And that's a service oriented person. They are multitasking all the time. And they're doing it like a pro. So thank you again. And, you know, Crystal and I talked briefly about the lack of diversity uh, behind the bars of this city and my attempt to connect with people of color. And I'm still attempting to do that. And I am still looking for Native American bartenders, barbacks, servers, any affiliation in the service industry that live in San Francisco. Contact me. I want to talk to you. And thank you again for listening. Again, hopefully San Francisco has the coronavirus somewhat under control. Uh, So thank you for wearing a mask. Thank you for getting vaxxed and boosted. Thank you for doing your job as a human and in a community. Again, thank you for listening. And Booze Nation can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please follow and rate and review the PCAST. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And oh, also, yeah, Booze Nation is on Instagram and Twitter. And remember, please tip your bartenders. Thanks.